Hey everyone, welcome to Steadfast Care Planning Podcast, where we plan for care to live well. I'm your guide, Kelly Augsburger. Today with me is Wendy Gang. Wendy is a patient navigator with ProMedica Heartland. Wendy, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. We are going to be talking about hospice care today, and Wendy knows a lot about hospice care, so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Wendy, and for you to share some of your expertise with us. Can we jump right in? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Uh, well, first, Wendy, tell us what is hospice care and what kind of services are provided? What can people expect? Yeah, hospice care is actually a support to support and honor individuals other health journey in a way that they see valuable. So hospice is if you have a chronic illness that's no longer going to get better, things like COPD, dementia, Alzheimer's, any chronic illness, um, you could qualify actually for the hospice benefit. And a lot of people think hospice needs very end of life, but we actually have people in service for years. So that's my part. I'm a patient navigator. So my job is to educate um, the community of what hospice is and to be able to get them benefits sooner rather than later because I've experienced people only using the benefit for a few short months when they could be using this benefit. So it's a benefit being able to use wherever a patient calls home. Got it. And so what kind of services are provided within that hospice care? What can people expect to receive? What does that look like? So with hospice care, you get a whole team of people. Okay. So you get a nurse, you get a nursing assistant, a social worker, a chaplain. We have volunteers. There's just a whole team of people that's individualized for that person. And it's great because you get the same nurse and the same aide coming and you get to really be it's like an extension of your family. And then you also get any medical equipment that you need covered, most medication. So it's really as a whole that we try to do spiritual, physical care for an individual. Got it. And so I think a lot of people have a misconception of what hospice is, and they do think it's the very end of life. Maybe it's the last couple of weeks of life. But that is really far from the truth. Like you said, people can be on hospice quite a long time um, Mm -hmm. and receive that support. But the idea is you're probably not continuing maybe certain medications to improve your condition, right? We're, We're kind of going off those medications. We're giving you that support that you and your family need in those last days, weeks, months. Could it even be years, Wendy, that someone's on hospice? Yeah. Okay. For sure. It could definitely even be years. And yeah, the point of hospice is comfort care to provide you to have the best quality of life is what we want. And there's actually studies out there that show that people live 30 days longer on hospice than they would without hospice. Mm -hmm. Because we're doing care in the home. You're not going in and out of the hospital as much. You're not prone to as many infections. You're not seeking that aggressive treatment. You're looking for the value of time, Mm -hmm. not just the length of time, but you want that value of time with your family. And that's what we're there to support with. My gramps was actually on our service and he was on it for a year and actually got better because he quit going in and out of the hospital, quit getting infections. He can actually even graduate from hospice. So he graduated and then you can come back on hospice when it's needed again. So there's no, you can't only be on hospice once or twice. Like as many times as you need it, if you can graduate and get better, you can come back on it. There's no penalty for that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't think most people probably know that. Mm -hmm. They probably just think, oh, it's a one-time thing, last couple weeks of life. Not the case. You can go on and off. Yeah, that's really good to know, Wendy. Can you talk to us about the length of even during the day? Like this is not 24-7 care, right? Talk a little bit about that. 
what can people expect if they have a loved one that's on hospice? How much time would these professionals be helping your loved one? Yeah. And I always try to describe hospice as when you're getting care from a family member, even an assistant living or a facility, it's like a cupcake. A cupcake is good, right? Mm -hmm. The icing on a cupcake is great. And hospice (laughs) is kind of like that icing on a cupcake. Um, it's giving you extra services. So we're not 24 Mm seven, but we do have levels of care. So we tend to look at the individual, make a customized plan. Typically in a home environment, you'll have a nurse coming out two to three times a week, usually for about an hour at a time. And then our aides come out typically three times a week and for about an hour at a time. Now, if you're experiencing symptoms, if you're having a lot of pain, we do not leave you until that pain is managed. So there might be times where our nurse needs to be there two or three hours until that pain is managed or that symptoms being managed if you're feeling nauseous or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of customize it, but typically it's about an hour at a time each time one of our disciplines come. But if it needs to be longer, we can. We do provide a service called continuous care. So if if in that stage of passing away, you would like someone to be at bedside, Mm -hmm. we do provide continuous care Okay. And have a nurse eight hours a day with you during that end of lifetime. Oh, okay. Good to know. I didn't realize it could really extend that long. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with, you know, maybe a couple hours of day. That's what I hear most common, but it is good to know when you get to that point. Towards the end, if a family needs support, because it's a scary situation and if symptoms are not managed, um, we want to be there with the patient. Got it. Okay, great. Where can hospice care be received? Is it anywhere? Are there certain facilities, communities, your home? Talk to us about that. So hospice care to be received anywhere that you call home, whether that's your home, your a child's home, an assistant living, a long-term care facility, hospice can be provided there. So wherever the patient calls home is where we can go. And we can even start out in a home and say maybe it just gets a little too much for the family and they need to go to assistant living. Mm-hmm. The great thing is you have a team. So our social worker helps you be able to find a place and we're able to go with that patient. And so they still know us. And so they're not going into an environment they know nobody. We're able to follow them wherever they go and call home. Yeah, to provide that extra comfort level. It really reminds me, similar to when someone has a long-term care insurance policy and they're using that. What I tell my clients is it's not a location, it's wherever you call home. So if you're at home, if you're in assisted living, if you're in skilled nursing, you know, adult daycare, it's wherever you call home, that's where you're going to receive benefits. Same is true with hospice care. So when should people start receiving hospice care or looking into hospice care, Wendy? Because I think people wait too long. So explain, you know, what's the best case scenario? Yeah, 100%. People wait way too long and people don't realize they're paying into this benefit their whole life. Yeah. So I always tell people when they start seeing a decline, whether that's weight loss, maybe that's even them isolating from activities that they used to be part of, going in and out of the hospital a lot, falls. I mean, any decline that you really see, mm-hmm. I always say it never hurts to call up hospice and say, hey, because what happens is a nurse needs to come evaluate and then a doctor has to say they're eligible for the hospice benefit. Okay. Um, so it does not hurt to get an evaluation. It's completely free. What's great is if you start realizing a family is falling or declining in health and you ask for that hospice eval, even if they're not eligible, we now have a baseline to go off of. Yeah. And my job as a patient navigator is to call that patient or family every 30 days if they don't qualify 
say, hey, how are things going checking up? And if you're like, you know, dad's really declined since you guys been out here two months ago. Mm -hmm. Well, now we have that baseline to go off of. Um, And so that really helps also to be our nurse. You know, I just had a patient the other day, the nurse went out a couple months ago. And when she went back out this last week, she saw that decline in that patient and could vouch like, hey, this is the baseline. Mm -hmm. Now here where we're at, they really need that extra level of care. And now for a brief message from our show's sponsor. The Steadfast Care Planning Podcast is sponsored by Amada Senior Care Columbus. Amada is your one-stop shop for in-home caregivers, senior housing advice, and long-term care insurance claim assistance. Visit amadaseniorcare.com forward slash Columbus dash senior dash care to learn more. What are the benefits of using hospice care? I mean, the benefits, people don't realize it, but when you pay into Medicare, you're actually paying into these benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, So the benefits is we have on-call nursing staff 24-7. So to me, that's the biggest benefit. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the night, if someone's not feeling good, if someone falls, instead of calling 911, going out, going to the hospital, waiting in the ER four or five hours, you can actually call us. Our goal is to be there within one to two hours and a nurse to do a full body assessment. So they'll do an eval, take your blood pressure. It can really usually manage the symptom there. I mean, we can even order antibiotics if we see that there's an infection going on. Okay. So we can do a lot of things that would be done at any ER. Mm-hmm. So the benefit to that is you're not going in that ER. Every time we see somebody go into the hospital, when they come back, we see a significant decline because right. it's a lot on an individual. So that's the biggest benefit to me. 24-7 available care if you need it. It also provides any medical equipment you need. So a lot of times like on home health and stuff, you're having to pay that copay for that bed that you might need or the wheelchair or the oxygen. Mm-hmm. On hospice care, that's 100% covered. So we cover all medical equipment that goes to the patient's needs. We also cover most medications and we cover all incontinence supplies. So people are using Depends, pull-ups, wipes, gloves. People are going bankrupt paying for that, not really oh that this benefit right. is out there. Oh, it's a huge benefit. Medical supplies oh, yeah. just in of itself. Yeah, it definitely can add up and really hurt someone's budget, especially if they're on a tight budget. So you talked about uh, Medicare paying into this benefit. If you qualify, you know, after that nursing assessment, do you have to be a particular age to receive hospice care? Nope. So you okay. do not have to be a particular age. When you pay into Medicare, people don't realize you actually pay into four buckets of Medicare. Mm-hmm. That's home health, hospital, rehab, and hospice. Hospice being the biggest bucket. Mm-hmm. So you're paying into that. So Medicare and Medicaid will 100% cover all costs of that. Say you are younger and might have a private insurance plan. You can still be covered on that. Sometimes there is, you have to meet your deductible. Mm-hmm. But at that point, if someone's needing hospice care, more than likely they've already met their deductible because they've been going in and out of the hospital and going to tons of doctor's appointments. Sure. So any age can do the hospice benefit. Our Prometico, um, usually if it's under 18, you're going to children's or something like that. So we do anything 18 and above. Okay. So it can be any age. Okay. I know there are lots of different hospice care providers out there. So what are important questions to ask when you're choosing a hospice care provider? Yeah. And I think it's definitely important to talk to a few providers yeah. because there might be one that, you know, just fits you better. So, but to ask the questions, what area does your nurses and aides cover? Because you kind of want to know what that response time is that they're going to come to you. Mm-hmm. So do you have nurses and aides in our area? 
What is your response time? Do you do continuous care, which is at the end of life when we can sit continuous care? Mm-hmm. Those are really important questions to ask. One thing with Hermetica um, that I love is we meet the patient where they're at. So a lot of times people think if you're on hospice, you have to sign a DNR, a do not resuscitate, mm-hmm. and you can't be a full code. So those are questions to ask too. Do I need to be uh, do not resuscitate? Sometimes people aren't ready to make that step and they look at hospice as giving up hope, Mm. but it's really not like you're giving a quality of life. So we want to meet patients where they're at. Mm -hmm. So we do not make patients get off a full code if they're not ready. We'll educate, we'll talk to them, we'll walk them through that process and we'll meet them where they're at in that stage. So asking those kind of questions, am I allowed to do that? Do I still have the right to go to the hospital? We believe Mm -hmm. in patients' rights. So say our nurse came out, you called in the middle of the night, nurse comes out, you're like, you know what, I still feel like mom needs to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We're, you're still in charge of your care, so we're going to value that. All we do is we sign off of the hospice benefit because there's four buckets you pay into. Right. Medicare will only pay for one bucket at a time. So we'll sign off, okay. get you to the hospital if that's what you want to do. And then once you come back home, we get you back home service. Got it. Um, so but those are the kind of questions to ask. So what are my rights? What is your availability? And all of those type of things. Okay, great. I think, you know, really helping the patient, the client and the family through such a difficult time. These people are going to be in your home or, you know, wherever you call home. And so you want to be comfortable with them. So don't make 100%. Yeah, you don't need to make this decision necessarily overnight, right? Maybe right. take a little bit of time to do your due diligence and re- research and talk to them because you're going to be spending a good amount of time with these people and they're going to probably become very close to you. So you want to be comfortable with them. You want your family member who needs the hospice care to feel comfortable with them because you are going to be spending a good amount of time with them. So I think, yeah, those are great, great questions, Wendy. Yeah. I used to be an aide for us a long, long time ago, back when I first started with hospice care. I've been in the field for 20 years and I would have patients, you know, for a year or two, you become their family. And so that's why it's great to get services sooner rather than at the end because Mm -hmm. you get to know them. And then when it comes to that difficult time at the end of life, you're not sitting with a stranger. You're really sitting with someone who you've gotten to know. Yeah. Yeah. And who you've really formed a friendship and a relationship with. Yeah. That really does provide comfort. And I know that is the comfort care. That is the goal of hospice. Well, Wendy, any other final advice on how people can plan now to live well? Yeah, I definitely say, you know, these conversations are tough, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not an easy conversation to have. We're never ready to let go, you know, but to start having those conversations, to ask what your loved ones want. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, if you start seeing that decline, reach out to a hospice provider, ask the questions, have them get that baseline. They're really just starting to open up the conversations. And even having me, like I love to go to groups to talk to about the benefit because Mm -hmm. it's about taking the fear out of hospice because it really should not be feared. This is a benefit you paid into your whole life and you deserve the highest quality care you can get. So to educate on that and to get families just comfortable talking about it. Right. Plan now to really live well and reduce consequences yeah. to your family. These can be awkward, but the the more yeah. the more often that you have these conversations, the less awkward and uncomfortable it will be and the better off 
everyone in your family will be. So yeah, yeah, don't be afraid to bring this up. Talk about it. You know, what do they prefer? You know, do they have maybe even special music that they want played? In my family with my grandparents, one of them who who really enjoyed listening to hymns and my mother-in-law played hymns like for her, like the last, you know, couple of weeks of her life. And she just really, really gave her peace and she really enjoyed that. But if they're not able to vocalize that at that time, you don't know. So you want to talk to them about it while they're still competent and healthy and and can make those decisions. Exactly. You want to have that conversation early, especially in this, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia is so big right now. And unfortunately, there's no handbook to that. It's all an individual. So I run um, support groups for Alzheimer's too. And to have those conversations before it gets too late to where they can't vocalize. And if you are in that situation, don't be fearful to look out for support in the Alzheimer's support group and stuff because we need support. And that's what hospice care is support for the patient. Mm -hmm. But it's also support for the loved ones going through it because it's an emotional toll on everybody that's involved. Yeah. So you need that support too as a caregiver to anyone you're taking care of. Oh, absolutely. The caregivers need just as much support as does the care recipient. So don't be afraid to ask for help and ask for support. There are lots of resources available, one of which is Wendy. So Wendy, where can people find more information about you and how you help people? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I can get out my number and they can call our intake number. So you can always look up Promedica. Our main office is in the Columbus area, but we cover all over and I can help all over, even in different states. But our office number is 614 601 5540. And people can also email me at wendy.gang at promedica.org. And I'd be happy to email information or even come talk to a family about the benefits of hospice. That's great. And that's Wendy with an I. And I will have her contact yes. information in the show notes. Thank you. So, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Wendy. Really appreciate your time and your insights here with Hospice Care. We want to take the fear out of hospice and get people comfortable with having these conversations because of the end of the day, it's going to be a benefit that's going to be extremely valuable for your family. Exactly. You never know when it's going to happen. I mean, every day I wake up and I was like, okay, I have another purpose. I'm here. So we never know. So having those conversations as early as possible is really the best thing you can do with a loved one. Agree. Agree. Well, Wendy, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Steadfast Care Planning with Kelly Augsburger. For more information about today's guest, check out our show notes. And for more information about Kelly, you can look her up on LinkedIn or find us online at www.steadfastagents.com. This show was made possible by Certification for Long-Term Care, Amada Senior Care Columbus, and Steadfast Insurance. Come back next time for more helpful guidance and thanks for listening.